You're listening to the Donscast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And mate, try as we might, and even though we had most of the ball and you know we had it down our end a, long, a lot of that second half, we just weren't able to capitalise and the Eagles took the points by winning by 15 points in the end. Uh, but it just felt like a missed opportunity for us especially those two red time goals they got um, that really hurt us and then us not taking our opportunity, especially with our set shots. Yeah, and I think that's probably the key point you raised there, Jamie, about not taking opportunities, like not taking the opportunity to to potentially win the game. Uh, but quite often we saw, uh, even with our disposal around the ground, let alone shots at goal, we just weren't up to the task of uh, hitting the targets. And I think that's really reflected you know even when we look at the stats so we actually won the disposal count uh, by 40 odds so 325 to the eagles 283 Uh, mind you though uh, when you look at what the disposal is made up of we had 152 handballs uh, to the eagles 92 Uh, so like I suppose those dinky little handballs I get that's part of the game plan and and where we want to go and like use the ball uh, better and there were times in the game where it, I suppose it did um, help where we were able to sort of work our way out of traffic and uh, find a better option however uh, it remains the fact that our field kicking around the ground isn't up to it and certainly that that I suppose problem is compounded uh, when we couldn't take a uh, contested mark around the ground uh, so you know when you look at marks um you know, we took 80 for the match to uh, the Eagles' 107. Um, and when you break that down further, for contested marks, we had five for the whole match to the Eagles' 17. They they killed us in the air. Um, and I think we actually, I suppose, early we were smart in that um, we didn't we weren't bombing it uh, long. We didn't allow them the opportunity to fly at the ball. Uh, but the problem was when we were stuffing around with it and we weren't getting results from our efforts, that's when we started to panic. Um, and when we panic, we do those little kicks around their body that sort of go nowhere, and that's where uh, West Coast were able to sort of take control and use their marking power to really uh, put us under pressure. So, um, I mean, for mine, um, like the Eagles were just that much a class above. Uh, again, I think it's one of those games where the scoreboard flattered us, but um, yeah, we went up to the the task on the night, and I think that's a I suppose is an accurate reflection of, of where we are as a side right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, especially, uh, I was a bit more nervous when it was uh, seven goals to one uh, in that second term, and that looked like we were going to be totally blown out of the park. But I was impressed that we tried to go with them, and it gave me some hope that they're getting somewhere with that game plan. Yes, we didn't do the right thing, but I think the things were like, we couldn't capitalise on our opportunities, firstly. And, yeah, just their aerial proness, like they they were just taking mark after mark, especially, you know, from coast to coast. And that really hurts you. There's no pressure there. They can rely on their players to take marks. You know, players like Darling and Oscar Allen and uh, McGovern was blocking up our way. So it just made it incredibly hard for us to ever make 
too much inroads apart from that burst we had just before half time. And, you know, the Eagles, they were never really pushed. And, um, you know, despite us having most of the play in the second half, we never made any inroads. And that's quite damning. And it just shows that we just couldn't uh, execute on the night. Yeah. And for me, it's that. Um... It's that execution um, of the game plan and uh, our disposal skills. Um, <clears throat> but I think, um, you know, you sort of right there in a way, and that I did get a bit of hope that things were gelling together a bit. I thought our structures actually held together a lot better than they had previously. Um, but I guess uh, the, the fact remained that even though our structures were better, we were able to man up more, um, and they seemed to be under a bit bit of pressure when they were disposing of the footy, their systems and their experience, uh, as well as their, I suppose, composure uh, when they had the ball in hand was just so much better than um, where we're at right now. Uh, they were able to sort of uh, pick and choose and really dissect our uh, sort of system. Uh, and, yeah, as you say, like... I suppose it it wasn't as bad as previous weeks where they've just waltzed it up, no worries. Um, but it's just the I suppose you know almost that precision of how they were able to get the ball from one one end to the other just by sort of cutting our lines um, was uh, I mean I mean honestly as a, as a footy fan it was kind of impressive to see um, just how they were able to break through um, our sort of. Uh, defensive lines up the ground um but yeah i guess it really demonstrated to me how far we are off becoming a uh, a really competitive side when it comes to the uh, sort of top four even top six of the competition i think we're we're quite quite a way off um but it does give me that hope that you know if we can clean up our disposals and Actually, working our um, you know, contested marks and uh, ability around the ground, I, I think uh, that will be our next phase of evolution to then become uh, a much more competitive side. Uh, because certainly there are, there are many instances in this game where we lacked composure with the footy, and uh, when you lose by only 15 points and you, know, you fluff a number of opportunities, uh, that's uh, sort of the difference between. Um, losing like we did and potentially, um, you know, uh, winning the game. Yeah. Now, mate, I want to go back to the start of the game. And something that's frustrated me this year has just been our matchups uh, at the start of the game. And I could not believe they put Gleeson on Liam Ryan. Uh, it seems to be like a coaching decision. They back their players in, which I, I guess the players would appreciate. But you've got to pick the right players and. Uh, Gleeson was just absolutely destroyed by Liam. Um, uh, Liam Ryan, yeah. Liam Ryan. He just absolutely took mark after mark. And it wasn't through lack of effort. Again, like Gleeson tried hard. But I just don't understand why we do this. And in the end, they had to revert to Saad. And I, I get that they wanted to release Saad at first to see if he could use his creative run to create opportunities for us. But... I don't think we're at a side there yet that we can uh, have the luxury of uh, trying things, you know, in in limbo of the game, um, you know, when we need to win. Uh, I think when you need to win, you put your best matchups on, and I think Sard should have got 
uh, flying Ryan. And, um, yeah, I think he should have definitely had that match-up from the start. Uh, yeah, if we got on top, then, of course, then you could try, uh, you know, bring Sard off Liam Ryan and, and giving it to someone else. But uh, at the start of the game, when it's a must-win match, I would love our coaching uh, decisions to be made on, right, let's put the best side out there uh, in their best position for us to have our best opportunity to win. Yeah, it's a good call, James. Like I've, I sort of noted the same thing. And, I mean, I guess for mine, there's two ways of looking at it. Um, you back your play. You want to give them the confidence to um, take on that contest and, um, yeah, really make a show of it. But, you know, as the game wore on, I don't know if you see it the same, mate, but um, his confidence was broken. Um, he looked like a bloke who was lost out there. And look, we know with Marty, um, he hasn't been in great form at all this year. We know what he's capable of, um, so we know there is a player in there. Uh, but with a bloke who's got no confidence uh, to go against you know, Liam Ryan, who he's just a, a pure footy animal, uh, you know, he flies high at marks. Um, he's a very good shot for goal and will make you pay, and he did. Um, so, yeah, to see that match up early, I was very worried, to say the least. Um, but, yeah, we sort of, yeah, kept Gleeson on him uh, to our detriment. Um, but, I mean, I suppose the the good thing for mine is that we sort of kept our heads. Um, you know, Eagles had all the run early, uh, but we're sort of able to get the ball forward, and uh, we actually got a tipper in the end who went back to slot our first goal. And um, it was really promising to see that uh, tipper didn't look to pass off the footy. He said, no, nah, I'm, uh, I'm the bloke who's going to take responsibility for this. And he, uh, and he kicked it. So uh, yeah, it was a good start from him. Yeah, it's been one of the criticisms of tipper this year is that you know, he has been too unselfish and uh, has always looked to get the ball off. I was glad he, on a number of occasions on the night, he decided to go back. And he's such a great kick. Uh, you'd much rather his percentages of kicking a goal than him trying to chip. And we've seen this in the year uh, just gone past, that when he chips to the other uh, for our other player, uh, they generally miss for just Murphy's Law. So, yeah, I just hope someone's talked to Tipper and said, when you get your opportunities, you take them because we need you firing. And I thought he had his best game for the year. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, so other things I noted in that quarter was there was a bit of play when the, the Eagles had it and they sort of had it on, had it on the halfback line. And there was some good work and pressure by Clark. You know, he really got in the in the Eagles' faces. And when they tried to, you know, pop a, a cheap pass over the top of him, he jumped right up in the air and sort of uh, grabbed it out and got the footy... Uh, you know, to Snelling. Uh, unfortunately, though, Snelling's kick to Stringer had a bit too much on it, but it was a it was a good entry. Um, yeah, it would have been uh, good to have a bit bit of better uh, touch on that. Uh, but I think you know, really, uh, that first quarter was a story of missed opportunities. So we fluffed that kick there, and then there was that really strong grab by Hooker, sort of going back with a flight of the ball, and you know, he sort of pushed off McGovern using his strength. Uh, and then he, he rushed his kick and he missed the goal. And then not long later, there was a big grab to Joe Danaher in the forward 50. But again, he rushed his kick and missed. Uh, so, you know, there's three opportunities there. We could have had had goals, uh, but we just didn't take them. Um, 
but you know, I suppose the one of the big constants for this whole year was Jordan Ridley. He was fantastic. You know, he was great that quarter. His intercept marking and beautiful, beautiful kicking. <laughs> but then, you know, right at the death there, he fluffed that last kick and it went out of bounds. And unfortunately, when they threw it in, that sort of led to a uh, red time goal to the Eagles. But uh, look, you wouldn't, uh, you know, mark Ridley too harshly for that. But it was just a, a bit of a disappointing uh, thing that I suppose he, he sort of rushed his, rushed his kick there. Yeah, that was really disappointing because uh, you'd probably want the ball in his hands more than anyone else, especially in that kind of situation. So it was just, uh, yeah, just a, an error. And, um, yeah, he's made a lot of things right this year. So, yeah, we won't burn him for that. But, um, yeah, I, I remember on the commentary, like, they kind of were a bit harsh on um, Sammy Draper. They said he should have followed Bailey Williams because he's the guy who basically kicked the ball off the ground and maybe that's right but um you know i'm sure that footage will be shown to sam draper this week and he might be able to learn something from it but uh no i think um yeah the danger signs were there we just we had our opportunities we didn't take them and of course the eagles you know they kicked those last three goals and um you know it was basically a four goal to one game and I think we were, well, we were only 16 points down, weren't we, at quarter time? Yeah, yeah. So, like, we were still still in, I think it was 10 points or so. Um, or, yeah, 10 or 15, I can't remember. But um, weren't far far down for, you know, how we were playing, really. Um, but, look, going into that second quarter, again, I suppose more, more missed opportunities. So, um, you know, we were going forward with the ball early. Uh, but Shear really fluffed a handball to Snelling, and and we lost it, unfortunately. Um, then Merritt had a kick, and it, it sort of went on the full. Uh, so there were two entries inside 50 that we just lacked composure on. And really, you know, when you do have limited opportunities to go inside 50, you need to make them count. And we certainly didn't do that when we were sort of rush kicking or uh, sort of panic kicking the ball. Uh, and then yeah, down the other end, yeah, Gleason was just getting killed by Ryan. Um, Ryan was just too quick off the mark, and you know he'd, he'd lead out, take a grab, and go back and kick the goal. And Marty was just getting caught behind. Yeah, it was danger signs, that's for sure. And then Darling kicked the goal, and yeah, before we knew it, it was seven goals to one. And uh, yeah, it looked like uh, this was going to be an absolute bloodbath. But um, fortunately for us, the skipper, in his return, kicked the next goal. Yeah, it was great to see Heppel get on the end of one. Uh, you know, especially after the Eagles had dominated for large periods of that match. Um, it's just unfortunate, though, because earlier in that play, that's where McGrath, uh, you know, had that ankle injury happen after uh, sort of Shuey pushed him off the play. Uh, so... Look, let's hope that the ankle injury isn't too serious, uh, but I, I sort of highly doubt we'll see him um, for the rest of the uh, the season, like given there's only a few games left. Um, and that was a real blow to us because he was sort of everywhere early. Uh, and, I mean, just thinking, that's only the second quarter. By that time, um, you know, he'd already had sort of 10 disposals, 
uh, made a tackle and had three clearances to his name and um, he was only going to build from there and we really lost, uh, sort of missed his run after he went down. Um, and then <laughs> there was that woeful handball from, from Scheel uh, again, but uh, luckily we are able to get the ball back and get it forward to Tipper, who again uh, just went back and, and kicked the goal. So... Um, yeah, that was that was just great to see. And then uh, you know we got another goal when when Stewart uh, sort of got it on the boundary and had a ping. Uh, and you know there was a bit of that goal review back and forth, but it was found he kicked the goal. And you know after being six goals down earlier, uh, we were down by just sixteen points going into the half. And like just before that, uh, like the the siren went, James. There was a little bit of play there where. We were trying to get into our forward 50, but it was sort of on that wing area. And Irving Mosquito sort of came into the pack, and he, he just had a lightning pickup. <laughs> like, it was just so clean and, and fluent. Um, so, geez, I'm I'm really excited by Mozzie, because look, while um, you know last couple of games, I suppose he hasn't done much in terms of impact, he's shown plenty of signs. Uh, and as he develops and matures as a AFL level footy player and gets a bit more fitness, um, I'm looking forward to him playing some really important roles for us. And it's just little glimpses like that, that that give you that bit of hope that we've got a player on our hands. Yeah, that one touch pickup was just brilliant. It's just unfortunate the handball was fired out to Gleeson, who was already um, manned up on, so couldn't get a last opportunity before half time. How were you feeling at halftime, mate? Were you thinking that we were champs? Oh, if I'm honest with you, no. Um, I just thought that West Coast had demonstrated um, they were a class above this match. And certainly, um, it was sort of worrying. Nick Nat just had so much dominance in the ruck. Uh, you could sort of almost see Draper at times just shake his head and go, Jesus, what am I supposed to do? Like, this bloke, he's just... He's everywhere. Um, he's obviously a, a massive... Uh, massive leap and um, sort of powerful athlete, powerful athlete. Um, so, I mean, honestly, I thought, nah, look, you know, we've um, been at, been well to uh, to keep them only this this far in front. Uh, I thought they were going to pull away. What about what about you, mate? Yeah, well, when it was seven goals to one, obviously, I thought it was going to be a very long night. But um, yeah, that last you know five minutes of that second term really gave me some hope and <clears throat> we started to get some run and that's where we our, a lot of our score comes from um, I don't know if you remember there was a handball from Gleason that was kind of behind Ridley it was really skillful for Ridley to gather that ball mm. and then drive it forward um I thought that was a brilliant play but um yeah other than that I thought we really um yeah we, we were struck but uh we were doing quite well um, on the rebound, and I thought, that's our best footy. So if the boys get some confidence, maybe at half time, make an adjustment, and, yeah, we might be a chance. But, uh, you know, despite having a lot of the ball, uh, we never got closer than the... Um, what, what did we get to nine points, wasn't it? was about the closest we got. Yeah, it was about that. Um... After the Tip and Woody goal, uh, mm. brought it back to nine, but then shortly after... Uh, Tom Cole got that goal um, after beating Heppel 
uh, you know, down in the forward pocket there for the Eagles. And that was his first ever goal, and he, he certainly let his teammates know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All all uh, all uh, defenders and and that love to uh, love to get a goal. Um, but like there were a couple of other good points in that third quarter game. So um, I just loved Draper getting physical with Nick Nat. Um, yeah, there was that big tackle early, and Nick Nat uh, Nick Nat rather sort of retaliated and. The big thing for me was that Draper didn't back down. Um, he he kept at him, and uh, after that we sort of saw Nick Nat's influence sort of die away. It's like that, um, you know, he sort of got into a frenzy in trying to get into Draper, uh, but it's like that sort of wore him out. Uh, so I thought it was, that was a great tactic, and yeah, for Draper to sort of stand up to a, a big guy like uh, Nick Nat, I thought it was fantastic. Um, yeah, when I saw that, I thought it was going to be toe-to-toe. <laughs> um, they were both squaring up at each other, and I thought, oh, hang on, I, I hope Draper doesn't let a few uh, hands <laughs> drop. But, um, yeah, no, that was, thankfully it was just push and shove. But, yeah, it was really uh, a really hard tackle, and, yeah, Nick Nat certainly didn't like it, and we saw the aftermath of a, a bit of a square up and push around, but no blows. Yeah, which is... Uh... Which is good to see. Um, but look, the other parts of that uh, that quarter were disappointing. I mean, we saw Shield get that free, but that was an absolutely shocking kick um, when he sort of lined up for goal. And the thing that was disappointing for me was that he didn't look comfortable at all in his run-up. You, you could sort of see on his face that he didn't want to take the kick. Um, so really, the, he needs to work on that because... Um, you know, you've got to, you've got to back yourself if you're to be any sort of chance. Like I always, I mean, I don't know if it's a, a long bow to draw, but like you you look back to Lloydie, uh, and I think one of the reasons he was so good because he had a he had a uh, sort of method and a, a rhythm he went through when he would uh, kick the goal, and it's like he just knew if he followed this process, he'd kick it straight, and if he kicked it straight, it'd go through the big sticks, and uh, I think. If you bring things back to basics, hopefully that could help, um, you know, Shield with his goal kicking because, uh, you know, we've seen it throughout, you know, his time at Essendon. He's been a bit gun shy in front of goal. I don't know what it is. Um, obviously, a lot of professional sport is uh, 90% between the ears. So, um, look, he really needs to work on that. And then, you know, there was some great work by us to lock the ball in our forward 50 for a while. Uh, and then, but after Snelling sort of got the ball to Danaher, he missed the goal again. Uh, but thank goodness uh, we sort of got it to Tipper, and he kicked his third of the match. Um, and he he was, I suppose, the one constant of this game uh, is that yeah he kept bobbing up every now and then, and when he did have a shot, he'd put it through. So that was uh, that was definitely great to see. Yeah, it was. And then uh, Joe got that other shot at goal uh, shortly after, but. Um... Yeah, really shouldn't miss that. It was 10 to 15 metres out, it looked like. Um, probably 15 to 20, to be fair, but he should kick those, and yeah, it was a bad miss, I thought. Yeah, especially after the build-up to it. I mean, there was that beautiful kick from Merritt to Langford, and it just opened the game right up. Um, and then when Langford got it to Danaher, he thought, oh, you beauty, here we go. Uh, but no, nah, he missed it, unfortunately. Um, actually, just going back to that tipper tipper goal when Tipper was lining up, there was a bit of vision 
of Joe Danaher just sort of sitting on the fence while Tipper was uh, lining up for goal. I just really didn't like the look of that. Um, I mean, you know, maybe he just had absolute confidence in Tipper's kicking, but, but for me it just showed lazy body language. Um, yeah, I don't know, I just didn't didn't like the look of that. Yeah, it was strange. I, I don't think I can't recall too many other players ever doing that. Um, and Joe would know the media scrutiny on him, so it's going to be picked up. So it's uh, yeah, strange that he chose to do that. Um, you know, he only did it once during the match, but yeah, I wonder if he gets spoken to about that because yeah, I agree with you. It didn't look good. It looked like you know. Um, Oh well, I'll just wait for him to kick the goal, and then I'll I'll get off the seat and go up towards the um the ground again. You know, like it just looked strange, uh, and like Tipper uh, might say to him, "Oh no, he just backed me in, and I just kicked the goal." Like uh, maybe that was it, but yeah, considering how much pressure is on Joe Danaher surrounding every movement, I just thought that was a strange decision. Yeah, well. You know, as we got into that fourth quarter, um, you know his uh, his performance didn't improve. Like Danaher had the ball fifty five out straight in front, and you know when the ball's at a distance, uh, you generally back him in uh, more times than not. Uh, but again, he he just hurried his kick, and it was just a wasted opportunity. Um, and you know throughout that quarter, we had a number of opportunities uh, and entries, but kept rushing our kip, kicks and. You know, obviously got no reward from our efforts until finally Tipper crumbed the, crumbed the ball and uh, you know got his got his fourth goal. Uh, and the only real other highlight I got from that quarter was um, you know there was a beautiful kick from Tipper to Zeret and then Zeret uh, kicked it to Mozzie uh, and that was an even better kick for mine and Mozzie's mark was just great. Another finger Tipper effort from him. Unfortunately, he missed the goal, but um, I did like that he was. Uh, you know, presenting an option and, um, you know, went back to take the shot. Um, but, yeah, mate, you know, I suppose in summary, yeah, it's just a game of missed opportunities. And, um, yeah, I guess if the one thing is that, uh, you know, we, we just saw how far off we are from the top tier of the competition and what we need to work on in terms of, yeah, disposal, our composure with the footy, Um you know, maybe they're just some learnings for us, mate. Um, but other than that, I... That shot kicking really let us down on the night, and I think that was our number one um, thing that we have to go back and just say, we have to make the most of our opportunities, um, you know, and we just have to get better structures in terms of, uh, you know, a better process and make the players stick to it. Uh, Walsfold spoke about that after the game. He said, oh, no, every player's got their own processes. Well, John, it's not working. And um, to be fair, like, Dunhurst only playing his second game, but I just felt he rushed every kick he had on the night. So I just hope that he, uh, you know, goes back after this game and realises that, you know, he needs to get a bit more fluency with his kicking rather than always hurrying because... When you hurry, you, I guess, you know, you never know what you're going to get. And uh, on the night, none of it was good enough. Uh, and uh, and despite only losing by 15 points, I just don't think the Eagles ever th- felt uh, threatened. I think they 
knew they had us and they put the cue in the rack in a way and they just were content chipping the ball around and that last quarter, just having a look, would you believe there was only three scores for the whole quarter and the amount of times it was just chip, chip, chip and the Eagles could afford to do it and, yeah, despite being a 15-point game, they never were pressured uh, to think that they could lose that game. No, you're right, Jamin. A lot of that chipping around was in their back line there. And it's like, you know, honestly, really smart players, you know, like Hearn and uh, these sorts of guys that just, um, you know, they know how to how to work the ground, how to, um, you know, suck up time. And, and you know, they did it to good effect. Um, so I guess the, the onus was on us to learn how to sort of fight back in that situation, how to pressure the man and... Uh, defeat their structures so um, yeah, we don't allow them to have that control yeah and look uh, I'll give the Bombers an out I've got to remember the Eagles won a flag only two years ago so they um, are a very good side uh, they, we weren't playing some chumps yeah we're playing a really good team um, yes they had a couple of good players out but still the, the core was very good and um, you know despite them losing Shuey, which was a strange decision for them to put Shuey out in that last quarter, and looks like he picked up another injury during that time. Um, that might have ramifications for the Eagles going forward, but yeah, the Eagles are a good side. Uh, we we tried to do our best with our structures, and you know we probably overhand passed. We had sixty handballs more than the Eagles, but um, yeah, that seems to be the way the club's headed. And at least we made the game a real contest. But as I said, we just never really threatened to take the points. And, you know, in a do-or-die game, I would have expected a little bit more uh, pressure and, you know, just trying to get that goal to try and get us closer. But it almost felt like we were in sleep mode. You know, it was just we were content with them to hold the ball. And then when we got our opportunities, would, you know, equally take as long to... Um, to get them down there. And as I said, three scores in the last quarter of a game when it's only 15 points, the difference, is quite damning, really. It just shows there was no real um, intensity from our time, from our side to get the ball down there quick enough for us to get uh, scores. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel it was a missed opportunity. Absolutely, mate. But, um, look, uh, let's hope we, we actually uh, do actually learn something from this. Um in that, you know, you, you've really got to clean up your composure with the footy uh, because otherwise uh, the good teams will, will really hurt you. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll see uh, next week if we have learned anything. That's right. All right, mate, well, why don't we have a break and we'll come back with our Don's Cast Medal Votes. The Don's cast, and our next segment is about the Don's cast. Sorry, mate, I'm gonna cough. Yeah, do you want to cut that? Um, you might have to cut that one, mate. Yeah, you're listening to the Don's cast, and we do our Don's cast medal votes each week, mate. Who did you give the, your five uh, best players on the ground? Yeah, so uh, for the one vote, I've gone Darcy Parish. I thought he just cracked in all game, and it's great to see him 
continue to get these midfield minutes, which will be just brilliant for his uh, development. Um, so look, for the game, he had 23 disposals. Um, 11 of those were kicks. Um, and uh, had took four marks, made six tackles, uh, but importantly had six clearances, which was a fantastic effort from him. Uh, 278 metres gained and one goal assist. So I thought that was a really great effort from Parrish. And um, I suppose all that from just 77% of uh, Tom on ground. Um, yeah, I thought it was a really good effort. Two votes have gone for Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody. Uh, I mean, any any game where you small forward kick four goals, that's pretty bloody good. Um, you know, he had 10 possessions uh, all up. Uh, took five marks uh, impressively and uh, you know, had 205 metres gained for us. But uh, it was those four goals and just his composure with ball in hand uh, was a sight for sore eyes as Bomber fans. Um, three votes I went to Kyle Langford. I thought he was uh, really solid on the night. Actually he racked up 29 disposals and he's not normally a, a big winner of the footy. So it was great to see him uh, you know, really involve himself in the game, uh, sort of split, you know, 14 kicks, uh, 15 handballs, uh, but took eight marks, so really using his size there, and made four tackles and had five clearances as well, so I thought that was a really great effort from Langford. Uh, unfortunately, he missed a shot at goal, uh, would have loved to have kicked that, but, you know, I thought a really good game from him. Uh, the four votes I've gone for Zach Merritt, oh, I thought he was fantastic, you know, 33 disposals, 19 of those were kicks, uh, took five marks, three tackles, four clearances, uh, with one goal assist. But, you know, you know, meters gained 701. Like, that's huge. And certainly in a game where we struggled to uh, sort of break through uh, the Eagles' uh, defences, uh, he was one who was able to sort of cut through and get us going forward the I suppose the disappointing thing was that you know some of his entries were, were sort of poor as I sort of mentioned earlier but you know he, he kept at it all game and uh, you know he he's just a, a really class player and, and that sort of purple patch of form he's had recently is continuing uh, but the five votes I had to go Jordan Ridley I thought he was just absolutely brilliant uh, 25 disposals but 13 marks and you know obviously the the majority of those were intercept marks. He was just fantastic. Um, you know, 457 metres gained. Had a goal assist as well. So pretty bloody good for a defender. Um, so he took out the uh, the five votes for mine. How do you see it, mate? Yeah, I've got the same five players, mate. So, um, yeah, apologies to Dylan Shield. I, I thought he worked incredibly hard. But he just made too many errors for me to give him a vote. And, um, you know... I think yeah he needs to review that tape because there was a lot of times where he actually went the harder option and at each time it never came off. So yeah, apologies to Dylan Shield. I know you worked hard, but yeah, unfortunately I couldn't get you my votes. Uh, I went one vote also to Darcy Parish. Gee, he's so good underneath his uh you know below his knees. Um, the amount of times he could pick up the ball just one touch and uh, then fire out a hand pass or get a clearance was really beneficial and you know that's his strength is getting those balls uh you know when they're low and even in greasy conditions he can do it so yeah i thought he had a really good game 
I gave two votes to Zach Merritt. And, um, although he had all the disposals, I was just a little bit disappointed with some of his entries and also his kicking. Um, it's great to see him in this great form, you know, finding the footy and so forth. But I think I, I mark him a little bit harsher because he's such a good kick usually. And, um, yeah, I just didn't think he used it as well in the night. But uh, he certainly worked hard. And, as you said, 700 metres is a massive amount of uh, metres gained. Uh, but, you know, it's got to be um, to the benefit of the side. And I don't think sometimes that was. It was just a kick and hope. And uh, the thing with Zach, he can actually use the ball so much better. And I, that's why I've probably marked him a little bit harsher. I gave three to Tipper. Uh I was just pleased to see him kick some goals, uh, take the responsibility to go back and kick him. And uh, they said in the commentary, it's the first time he's kicked more than two goals in a game this year. And, you know, I really missed that uh, from Tipper. He seemed to be wanting to give the ball away a lot this year. So I'm glad he took the pressure. And, you know, each time he, he's such a great kick of the footy uh, from a set shot as well. And he, he made them pay. So I thought he was good. I gave four votes to Kyle Langford. Despite starting quite... Yeah, I was a bit worried about him early because he actually was fumbling a fair bit. Uh, I remember saying to you, mate, gee, Langford, uh, yeah, he's got to take that ball. Uh, yeah, he's not that good below his knees. And, um, yeah, there's a couple of times he fumbled. But, gee, as the game went on, he became more and more important. And he really stood up under a lot of pressure. And, uh, yeah, I thought he had a really good game and one that... Um, you know, he's had a great year, really, from Kyle, and, and I'm hoping that he gets rewarded with a contract extension to stay at the Bombers, so well done to Kyle. But, um, yeah, I agreed with you. I gave Jordan Ridley five, and, you know, just his marking, he's just so sure back there. Um, and for a guy who's still quite slight, yeah, he's got no fear, and he does his best, and uh, he's got good hands, he's great kick. So, yeah, I, I just gave Jordan Ridley the five, and you know, uh, he's had a, a fantastic year. We keep hearing talks about this four-year deal, but still no announcement. But I'll be very welcoming of that four-year deal when it is announced. Bloody oath, mate. Need to keep him in the side. All right, well, why don't you give us the uh, votes for the uh, overall? Yeah, for sure, mate. So if I go right from the bottom, so one to Cutler and Mosquito. Uh, two to McKernan, three each to Townsend, Stewart, Laverty, Bell Chambers and Hooker, four to Danaher, five to McDonald, Tip and Woody and Phillips, uh, six to Zaharakis, seven each to Draper and Hurley, nine to Stringer, 13 to Smith, 20 to Langford, 21 to Parrish, 40 to Shield, 53 to Sard, 67 to McGrath, 68 to Merritt, uh, and out on top is Jordan Ridley with 76 Don's cast medal votes. Yeah, well, the youngster's taken the lead, and uh, poor Andy McGrath, who was leading before this round, uh, looks like he won't play again this year. So uh, Andy would be doing very well in the uh, AFC best and fairest, so uh, it's unfortunate for him it came at this time, but Let's just hope it's uh, an injury. I, I heard um, Dan Richardson say that it's not one that um, they think requires surgery, but they certainly think he'll miss the rest of the season. So 
uh, with only three games to go. That's totally understandable. Uh, let's just hope, and I, I really hope on this one, the club, when they take this decision not to do surgery, I hope it's not like the original Danaher injury where they chose to, oh, we'll just let it heal itself and then re- require surgery a season later, you know. So uh, I hope they've done their homework on this one. But it's still early days. Uh, that syndesmosis injury uh, has really crept up on us this year. Um, you know, after I think we've had Stringer, Laverde, and I think even Heppel had it. So uh, there's quite a few players that have got this syndesmosis injury, one that we hadn't heard of too much uh, in the past, but this year it seems to be the buzzword. Yeah, it does, mate. And uh, yeah, who knows whether it's a, uh, I suppose, a result of. The, I suppose the stop-start nature of this season. Uh, you know, while we did have a, a pre-season, that all sort of got cut by the side when we went into sort of COVID restrictions um, and then we're sort of coming back but playing a lot of games uh, in a short period of time, so potentially causing a bit more stress on it on the joints. But, um, yeah, look, mate, uh, while our, our season's done and dusted, you'd have to say... Um, let's hope we can run out the year with no further significant injuries. Because, um, yeah, I guess all we can look forward to now is hope for a fit list going into next year. Uh, but mind you, uh, in saying that, uh, I want a fit and signed list. Because uh, <laughs> there's certainly a lot of contracts outstanding. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks and... Uh, yeah, going into the into the uh, into the draft and all of that sort of business. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, I just wanted to bring that up too. Like, there was a uh, AFL report saying that Essendon have almost half their list unsigned for next year. Um, obviously, the clubs apparently still haven't been told what the uh, salary cap will be next year. So, I understand why there's some caution on that, but um, you would think that we would be signing up our main guys um you know to avoid any poachers but uh, for me it also reeks of maybe we are targeting someone outside the club and you know they're, they're waiting to see what salary is required so uh maybe that's a bit of wishful thinking but uh you know to me uh there's no reason why you wouldn't sign up those top four players that we're talking about. Ridley, McGrath, Saad, and um, there's one other, mate. Help me out there. Oh, Danaher, obviously. Yeah, I don't know how I could uh, forget that one. But, um, yeah, those four are the, the big four. And then behind them, you've got, like, Kyle Langford, who's uh, out of contract as well, and a number of other players. So I'll be very interested to see what our strategy is going forward, especially uh, in regards to you know, trades and uh, you know, how many spots on the list we're going to open up and uh, what size of the list going to be next year. You know, We still haven't really been told that. So is there got to be dramatic cuts or not? Uh, I guess with all those stuff in the air, maybe that's just Essendon being cautious and saying, hang on, wait till we get the data and then we'll start building a salary cap uh, knowledge you know, with that data. You're listening to Don's Cast. After the break, we'll have our By the Numbers feature where we go through each player's uh, performance, uh, just the way we saw it. Mm-hmm. 
Donscast and our um, regular feature of By the Numbers where we rate each player's performance. Um, and it's only how Nick and I saw it. Uh, you know, you might have a different opinion. We, we welcome that feedback. Uh, maybe you want to supply that email address that we've been getting some emails from. Yeah, mate. So donscastpod at gmail.com uh, for all your feedback and yeah, certainly about anything, uh, you know, whether it's our our opinions on it, on the players' performance or even uh, my shoddy editing skills from last week where I forgot to bloody unmute the the tracks during the breaks. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, send all your feedback to donscastpod at gmail.com and, uh, yeah, we look forward to to reading what, you, what you're thinking. Well, uh, this will be the last time this week, uh, or this episode, or for the season, basically, uh, we'll read out number one, Andy McGrath. Yeah, and uh, I suppose, yeah, based on he only played a, a quarter and a bit, uh, I suppose there's not much to reflect on. But, uh, you know, in that first quarter, he did look like he was, a, I suppose, a bit of a man on a mission. He was he was throwing himself at everything and uh, really fighting to, to get the footy and get it going forward for us. Um, you know, but just, I suppose, the another thing with Andy McGrath is, He's always under pressure when he's uh, trying to dispose of the footy, so some of his disposals weren't as clean uh, as they might have been. And, uh, you know, certainly a lot of his disposals are, I suppose, short handballs or, or kicks. Um, he did get the 10 disposals in the end, as I said, and laid a tackle and had three clearances, so he's looking, he was looking to be playing a good game. But, um, yeah, unfortunately, he had his run cut early through that injury. Uh, what did you have to add for him, mate? Yeah, it looked like the Eagles had put a lot of time into him. I think uh, after his great performance against Hawthorne in the second half particularly, I think the Eagles uh, were doing a lot of work into him and, um, yeah, they they were rushing his disposals. Um, yeah, he... When you see that bump, like, he was really, you know, he was really taken aback by it. Like, he really didn't see it coming in, in some ways and that led to his awkward fall and... Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I didn't like the look of it. Like I know it's not reportable offence or anything, but um, yeah, just you know, I'll I'll use this example. Like Zach Merritt missed a week uh, for you know the striking of Jack Silvani when there didn't seem to be much of it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he should be reported for that, but if we're reporting on players getting injured, well, he's a bloke who's going to miss six or seven weeks. Um, you know, or the season, basically, because he got bumped off the ball. So, um, but that's okay. So that's a bit confusing when you think of the MRO um, and their findings. But, yeah, no, that's something for Andy to work on as well, maybe, you know, to expect that contact and, um, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, ground himself a bit bit better. But, um, yeah, I, I, look, it's going to be sad not seeing him for the rest of the year. I thought Andy's had a great year. Uh, you know, he's really... An up and coming star for us. I still think he'll be a future bomber captain. So um, yeah, let's hope he gets that injury right and he's back next year, uh, ready to go from round one. Absolutely, mate. The next player is Darcy Parrish, and we both gave him a vote. And yeah, I, I thought he was great at gathering the ball uh, below his knees, which is a constant theme when we talk about him because it stands out so much. But yeah, I thought he his midfield minutes have improved, and he's. We're starting to see better output from him. Yeah, we are, mate. Um, like as I said, when I was reading the stats out before 
like 23 disposals and you know six tackles and six clearances is pretty bloody good uh, for mine like for the for the midfield uh, there and as you say like he's hand below his knees is so clean he works so hard at uh, trying to get the ball out to our good users so you know a number of times he'd pick the ball up of his shoot laces and get it out to a you know a merit um, which was just great and um, yeah, then he tries to pop up and, and help us going forward as well. So we got a goal assist in the end, and uh, yeah, had a number of sort of entries and providing options all around the ground. And yeah, I, I think he's putting together a really good um, sort of level of footy at the moment. And I'm looking forward to him, yeah, sort of further developing. Um, I guess his his next stage of uh, evolution as a player is, yep, pick the ball up, um, and then potentially to sort of you know, burst out of the pack, and I get that, uh, I suppose, a bit more depth on his disposal, um, which provides that next player in the link a bit a bit of extra space going forward, so we're not sort of rushing the kicks. But, um, yeah, I, I thought he's had a, had a great game. How about yourself, mate? Yeah, the same. Yeah, that's probably all there is to say about um, Darcy. He, he had a good game, and, um, yeah, I, I'm... I'm glad that he's getting those midfield minutes. Another player that was given a bit more time on the wing and even in the midfield was Kyle Langford, and he made the most of it. 29 disposals, I think that's a career high, and um, he really knew, you know, one of the criticisms of Kyle in the past was that, uh, you know, he seemed to have poor awareness. But I felt in that game, especially late in the game, when it was really, the heat was on, uh, there's a couple of times where he just composed himself and weaved his way out of travel, and I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, he did, mate. And as I say, not known as a big accumulator of the footy, but he just used his smarts to get involved, and I thought he did really well. Like, to get, you know, eight marks, four tackles, five clearances uh, from a bloke like that, I think it's just uh, fantastic. Really playing solid. As you say, those bits of play where um, he sort of smartened up. Like there was one where he um, sort of it looked he it looked like he slowed the the play down and just thought it through and had a little run and then went lateral um, and passed in board. And it was just a he's got good vision, Langford, like for mine. So um, yeah, really really good game from him. And uh, yeah, looking forward to many more to come. From the Kyle. Yeah, uh, Dev Smith, I, I thought he was pretty good on the night. Uh, his effort was 100% as always, but uh, yeah, he he certainly tries hard and he's, he's certainly a uh, a great leader, I think, in terms of the way he, you know, he appeals to the umpires a few times and you know when we're getting shafted, it looks like. But yeah, how did you rate uh, Devon's game? Yeah, I thought he was really solid. Um, I don't know, like... <laughs> I don't know if leadership is remonstrating with the umpires if you if you're not getting the footy. Um, yes, because he was bumped off the ball quite a few times. Like there was that one where he he copped a uh, sort of bump in the head, and the umpires just let it go. And you know, while it'd be disappointing not to get the free paid for it, well, Dev, you play for us and a mate, and uh, <laughs> you're probably not going to get too many of those frees. Uh, but you know, like he got 20 possessions in the end, uh, 12 of those kicks. Uh, took three marks, had a couple of tackles, um, and I, I think he's just really solid for us. Again, he, he 
he's still moving a lot better than he was earlier in the season, uh, and he'll continue to to get better. So um, yeah, I thought a solid game from him. Uh, the next player, Joe Danaher. Um, yeah, he had an indifferent night. He took a couple of good marks, but just wasn't able to convert and ended the night with just three behinds and the talking point of the sitting on the fence. Yeah, oh, I don't know. It was a, a bit of a funny old game from Joe. Um, I, sp- <laughs> I suppose it's unfortunate because we know how great he can be. Um, but like, if I'm quite brutally honest uh there were some moments where you just thought come on joe you got to think better than that um you know when he rushed his kicks you know he kicked three behinds where he could have kicked three if not four goals and then you know there were other other moments where you know whether he was coming in into the 50 where we know he's a beautiful kick of the footy around the field um but i don't know if he was just um lazy in his kicks or um, if you just straight out fluffed him, but um, yeah, I just thought it was. Uh, I don't know if his head was fully there for the match, um, but you know he did take six marks, so that's always uh, good to see. We know he can fly at him, uh, but you know, um, yeah, even in his best days, he really needs to um, sort of be aware that. You know, after we've got the ascendancy and we get, uh, you know, he, he takes a few marks and we're up and about. Um, when he, when his kicks are so bad as they were on the night, uh, it, it really hurts us and deflates us as a unit and um, sort of takes away any um, sort of momentum we've we've tried to build. Uh, but you know, he, he's a gun, so hopefully he can improve from there. But uh, yeah, hopefully he learns from that that bit of lazy behaviour with sitting on the fence. Yeah, uh, look, Joe Danaher is an A grade star, and we've got to remember he's playing his second game in four hundred odd days. You know, so it's been a long time for him uh, sitting on the pine. So we can't expect him to dominate um, each game. Um, and yeah, I just think you know, one thing pleasing was his hands are still so good. Uh, which gives you a little bit of hope. There was that big mark he took and fell on Barras, and I, I thought that was a ripper mark. Um, would have loved for him to go back and convert. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think Joe, I'd be very happy if he stays. Um, you know, ultimately, I think that's what we'd be aiming for. Uh, if he is going to leave, um, the only thing with Joe, if we, we have him long-term, we're going to have to always be resigned to the fact that he's not always going to be a dead-eye dick in terms of having shots at goal. And we're going to have to live through that. So, um, you know, that's where we're at. We'd love to keep him, obviously. But if he was to go, um, you'd hope the compensation's very good and, um, you know, we could maybe um, get someone a bit more reliable at goal. But having said that, my strong thoughts are Joe Danaher uh, belongs at Essendon, and I hope that's how it stays. Uh, Zach Merritt continued his great form. Uh, as you saw, I, I voted him, I rated him pretty harshly, despite him having all those stats and so forth. There's just a few disposal things I think he can work on. But he's just been in a magnificent run of form, and he must be right up there in the Essendon Best and, Fest, uh, best and Fairest uh, right now. 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. Another great game from, from Zach. Yes, some of his disposal wasn't great, but, you know, it wasn't Robinson Crusoe there. So, um, yeah, another great game, as we sort of mentioned before, in the votes. So, um, yeah, looking forward to him continuing to build and really showing that, that drive and leadership around the club and uh, setting some standards uh, in terms of performance. Uh, Marty Gleeson, uh, now you saw that I, I said about um, I wouldn't have picked him to play on uh, Liam Ryan. How did you find him, mate? He does look devoid of confidence. Yeah, he does, mate. He hasn't had uh, any sort of real form all year. Um, and we saw in that game, like, he's just, it's like he's a, a step or two off the speed of play. Um, because whether it was that handball to Ridley that was almost behind him, um, or there was a couple of other sort of handballs he made that didn't hit the target. Um, and then obviously with Liam Ryan, he um, he got the jump on him. And, you know, for someone like Ryan, you're never going to make that, that pace up. So um, he was certainly off it. Um, yeah, so a pretty substandard game from, from Marty Gleeson. I'm hoping... Um, yeah, someone can give him a chop out to like get some confidence back in his game because he, as you say, he just looks completely devoid of it at the moment. Yeah, it's a it's a bit sad to watch actually because he he did have a lot of promise and uh, he's coming back from some injuries and so forth. He's had a lot of injuries over his career, but um, yeah, let's just hope that he can get himself right and he might be another player that you know benefits from a full season next year. Uh, hopefully, we get that. Um, if this COVID-19 stuff would just disappear, uh, that would be great. Because uh, I don't know about you, mate, I've really missed going to the footy. And, um, you know, I've missed actually watching the games live because, you know, when you're relying on what the TV give you, uh, they don't always give you the best footage and angles. And you don't really see how the team's working behind the ball. So, yeah, I've missed that part of it. Uh, next player was uh, Dylan Shield. and. Uh, you couldn't say that he, he didn't work hard. Gee, he got absolutely smashed a couple of times, and he was brave enough to stand under the ball. Both times he took the ball cleanly, despite being hammered. Um, I would have liked to see him get a little bit more protection when he did that. But, um, yeah, he just made probably, oh, maybe seven or eight real clangers that really, um, you know, ended any momentum we had at that stage. And uh, I think he was trying the hardest option sometimes and you know, he's got to just go first option and get the ball out and then if he's free release himself and become the um, overlap player but yeah I, I just felt on the night he you know I think he, he ended up getting around 30 odd disposals but a lot of those were just errors and uh, yeah I just hope that uh, that's something he gets talked about yeah, I think you're right there, James. Like, there was that bit of play in the halfback there where he grabbed the footy and he had two bombers um, to either side of him and then eagle eagle player coming right at him. Uh, the easy and first option was the one to the left, but he's it's like he tried to outsmart himself and go for the right, but unfortunately he fluffed the, the handball and almost went straight to the eagles player and they sort of um, grabbed it away from there. So, um, you know, as, and then there were a couple of entries where he... Um, yeah, handballed into no no man's land kind of thing. So, as you say, like he, he just needs to clean that area of his game up. Um, the one thing I was really happy with was, you know, 
a couple of those instances where he did stuff up with the footy, he chased up and tried to clean up his own mess, um, which was really good. And uh, there were a couple of instances there where he was sort of um, hemmed in and couldn't get onto his left. So he did actually uh, chuck it on the right boot. And look, while it wasn't, um, you know, uh, I suppose a, a pretty kick, uh, they were effective and they made it to the contest. So, um, yeah, look, there's plenty um, plenty to be happy with about his game, uh, but obviously just trying to clean up on those clangers. But look, you know, uh, 32 disposals, uh, four marks, four tackles, five clearances, uh, with uh, nearly 400 metres gained for us. So, like, he, he put into put everything into that game. Uh, so it's, you know, I suppose the, the polish just needs work on there, but... Um, yeah, I suppose an average, uh, average to to solid game from Shield. Yeah, he works incredibly hard. Uh, that's one thing you notice. And if he can just limit those clangers, uh, he'll be more renowned for being a really great player. And at the moment, he's not quite there. Uh, but I can see why the club invested so many years into him. I think he got a six-year deal, um, and uh, he's two years in. I think he turns 28 next year, so he's going to be with us, uh, you know, until he's you know 32 at the moment. So um, he's going to be a player that's going to be with us on the journey. Uh, let's hope that he can, um, you know, neaten up. That's basically, like he said, the polish. If he can get that polish, uh, he'll become a really good player for the Bombers. The next player is Jordan Ridley, and we both sang his praises by giving him five votes. Not much more to say, but his his uh, marking's been a real standout this year, and you know that's followed by his uh, elite kicking. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Uh, look, Dodoro, pay the man. That's all I have to say for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's probably it, mate. Just you know, get him locked up. Uh, he's yeah, he's still only twenty one, twenty two, and yeah, he's got a big future with the Bombers. The next player was uh, James Stewart. Uh, now, again, he's found it hard to get the ball, and uh, it's been a bit of a theme with James. Like, it's not for his fault. Just the entries have been pretty poor, and um, you know, if you look at our bottom four entries uh, of the players that didn't get the ball, you're looking at Stringer, Hooker, Draper, Stewart, and then you can add Danaher to that. So, our our lowest possession winners on the night were all our key forwards or our forwards, and um, yeah, James Stewart, he didn't get much opportunities. It was a bloody good goal, the one he kicked on the boundary uh, that we had to wait for the uh, goal review to go through. But um, that was a nice goal. But, yeah, it was, he he was doing the second ruck, I noticed, uh, you know, when Draper was having a rest. Uh, he, he tried manfully at that. But yeah, it wasn't much to take out of the game for him, I, I thought. No, I mean, like, later in the game, he did try to get involved... Uh, I suppose a bit further up the ground, but I guess the the one thing, uh, and it's it's natural because you know our players can't really train together uh, as a as a full unit. Uh, but equally, our forward line haven't played that much together um, because one thing I really notice is that all of our forwards seem to you know lead to the same areas of the ground, and uh, I think that really confused matters. And obviously didn't help anyone in the end because uh, yeah, our forwards weren't actually able to grab the footy. Um, because even if the ball came to ground, well, 
all three of our big forwards were involved in that contest and effectively, you know, West Coast were able to sort of whip the ball out uh, pretty easily from there. So um, that's another area of the game we really need to work on, you know, our running patterns and leading patterns for our forwards. Uh, so certainly our all our big forwards were kind of a victim of um, each not knowing their own sort of leading patterns. Uh, and so, so too the case for uh, for James Stewart. So he had the six disposals in the end, uh, five uh, sort of kicks. Had the three tap outs as that uh, you know sort of second ruck there. Uh, took a couple of marks, uh, but really the highlight for him was that uh, beautiful goal from the boundary line. Um, but apart from that, there's not much more I could add on him. Nah, that's right. Uh, we'll move to Michael Hurley. Uh... Now, it was picked up on the footage, and that was one good thing about the footage. It, it did chart quite clearly. Uh, he's definitely protecting that left shoulder, isn't he? And um, there was a couple of times uh, where they showed some vision of him in protection mode. Mate, do you make the call this early uh, with three games to go and just say, right, Michael, we're going to book you right into surgery now. We'll get that um, shoulder looked after, and we'll get you right fit and going for the uh, you know, next year, or do you let him play out this season? Yeah, I mean, I suppose you can look at it two ways, um, because yes, for these, the long-term benefit of next year, it'd be good to get him in surgery now, so he can have a full pre-season, or well, as full a pre-season as he possibly could, um, but I guess the one thing that he does provide while down there um, is that leadership for the young blokes, so Zerk Thatcher... Uh, Jordan Ridley's these guys uh, would get a lot out of um, Hurley's presence on the ground there. Um, look, obviously these guys have... Well, okay, so Ridley's played the vast vast majority of the season. Uh, Zerk Thatcher, uh, he's played a few games. Um, but, you know, we do have Hooker uh, to go back there. So um, I guess I could see arguments for both. I don't think we will... Uh, put him on ice uh, as of yet, but um, yeah, certainly should it probably would be coming under consideration from the Essen Football Club. Um, so I guess we'll have to hang five to see what the goes from there. But in terms of his game, I, I thought he was uh, it was solid. But yeah, you, you, you're absolutely right, mate. He was really protecting that um, uh, that shoulder, and we saw that when uh, you know going to marking contests. Uh, you know, with Darling, like he was, he was reluctant to use, um, you know, his his left arm to uh, sort of punch away the footy, and then there was that contest on the wing there where he sort of shirked his um, his shoulder away um, from the contest. But um, one thing he always gives us is hundred percent in terms of his um, his effort. So he did, uh, you know, thwart a number of entries West Coast had into that forward line and. Uh, stopped or at least stifled a bit of uh, Darling's influence uh, in that 50 area there. Uh, but yeah, what did you have to add for him, mate? Uh, he did a great job on Darling, I thought. You know, Darling got those two goals but um, and he took some big marks, but fortunately they were away from the goal area. So no, I think Michael Hurley did his job on the night, um, you know, considering how he played. If he has got that injury... The club will have to decide what they do with that, um, but looks like at the moment it's status quo, and we and we'll move forward with Michael Hurley, which is uh, good for us in terms of watching because, as you say, he provides a lot of leadership, 
And uh, you'd think uh, against the Cats, uh, you know, Tom Hawkins is the next uh, one we've got to play on. And you'd think uh, either Hurley or Hooker will get that role. And, um, yeah, you'd like to have Hurley as an option anyway. Uh, next player is Dyson Heppel. The, the uh, skipper was back. It was great to see him back. Um, it wasn't his most prolific night, but I thought he did pretty well considering such a long absence. Yeah, there were... I suppose the, the promising thing was like, kick that goal, so that was that was good, and the boys got around him. Um, but while he wasn't prolific in getting the footy, there were a few things he did that just showed he still got the smarts and still reads the play well. Um, you know, whether it was to uh, sort of get in there, grab the footy, a quick shimmy and and a handball out, um, or even just his body positioning to sort of almost block a West Coast player coming through to to pick up the footy. Um, but you know, better for the run, I suppose, uh, is the easiest way to to go for it because out of his fifteen disposals, uh, twelve of those were handballs. So I'm not sure if if he's fully confident uh, with his foot yet. Um, but you know, of his limited possessions, he got three clearances uh, for us. So um, I'm sure he's just itching to get right back into the action because uh, he certainly didn't get a lot of midfield time uh, on the night. Uh, but yeah, what do you have to add for him, mate? Oh, firstly, it's just great to see him back, and yeah, secondly, like I didn't expect the world from him on the night. Uh, I think he's going to be really important, including with the um, Andy McGrath injury. Uh, there's going to be some midfield minutes available, um, and I'm not sure of Dyson's uh, fitness, so I don't know how much of those he'll get. But at least we've got players like Langford and also um, Devin Smith that can be considered for taking some of those minutes that are going to become available. So uh, to have Hep back, uh, it's great for our leadership and uh, I'm sure the players will enjoy him back in the side. Uh, Mozzie, I thought he tried really hard on the night. He, a number of times he lunged at ta- uh, tackles and so forth, which I really liked. Um, he had an opportunity to kick a goal after taking a pretty good mark, really. Um, just, you know, couldn't convert it, but... Yeah, I think there's a lot to like with Mozzie, and we talked about that clean pickup uh, just before half time. So, yeah, I hope the club take the uh, stance now of let's play the younger players uh, that we feel like can be a part of next year, uh, making us better. And uh, that's why I'd like to see us persist with uh, you know players like Mozzie and so forth to hold their spot. I'd be bringing Braden Ham as well when we go talk about the inclusions, but uh, it's time to bring, play some of these younger players now Now that finals are probably out of calculation. Yeah, um, yeah, and for Mozzie, like, as you say, like, there's glimpses there where we see him, uh, those, you know, one-touch uh, pick up the footy or, um, you know, classy little handball or, or kick here, here and there. Uh, there's a lot to like about Mozzie. Uh, you know, picked up the 10 disposers on the night, um had three marks, four tackles, which was great. So his his pressure game was really good. Actually, had a clearance as well, the young fella, and uh, missed that goal, uh, which was really good. But you know, on the other hand, got a goal assist for us. So um, you know, I think he's making the the most of his limited opportunities. And as I said before, as he continues to develop as a as a footy player, um, you know, and develops his fitness base, uh, he'll be able to get a bit more involved. Uh, around the contest and around the ground, and uh, that can only spell good things. So, yeah, I like what I'm seeing from Mozzie. 
And now a player that we absolutely love here is uh, Jake Stringer. But he had a really tough night, didn't he? And uh, you wonder if we've rushed him back in because his fitness looks down. But uh, yeah, I'd still hope they keep rolling him out, mate, because when he does fire, he can be an absolute gun. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, so, yes, down on the night. Um, but again, starved of opportunity. Um, I guess if we look at it in context, you know, he went down with that injury where he, like at that time, you know, we didn't have Stuart, we didn't have Danaher, uh, and we needed Hooker back. So he was the number one forward for us. Um, but as I said before, our leading patterns are that we all converge on the one spot in the forward 50. And uh, certainly he's going to miss out on a lot of opportunities there. Um, so look, had four disposals, but all of those, those disposals were the handballs um, and didn't have much impact for us. Uh, he still did try to get involved, but um, was largely ineffectual. So better for the run. And as you say, I'd be keeping him in the side because you know the sooner he gets up and about with uh, the speed of AFL footy and the more fitness um, we can sort of get into him going into next year, uh, will only spell good things for us because um, yeah, certainly he'll be needed um, in the years ahead. Yeah, he got that good handball out uh, that eventually got to Heppel, I think. So that was his best play of the night. But it was uh, he, he was largely absent for the game, it looked like. And you know, I didn't notice him much. There's a few times where he flew for a ball, but um, obviously didn't take the mark. So, yeah, he's, he's had a tough night, but... He's got to be a player that we stick with uh, for the rest of the season, I hope. And uh, let's hope we get some uh, stringer highlights before the end of the year's up. Uh, a player who was playing his 200th game, Kyle Hooker. And just before we talk about his performance, I thought it was incredibly poor by Fox Footy. They um, did a little segment on him, mate, um, playing his 200th game. But they chose two shots where he kicked the goal against the Hawks and a goal against the GWS, which is fine. But then they took on um, footages of him getting beaten by Jonathan Brown uh, when he was first into footy. And then um, they showed the Buddy Franklin uh, chase, where obviously has been made a bit comical over the years. But I thought that was really poor. And and even uh, Nathan Buckley got on Twitter and said, uh, yeah, well done, Kyle. Play- oh, sorry, Carl. Kale playing your 200 game. Um, oh, here's a few of your lesser moments. And then uh, I, th- I thought it was really good that Buckley wrote, do better, Fox. So um, even from an opposition coach, he thought that was really disrespectful. Um, and look, Kale didn't have a great night. Um, he didn't get that many opportunities. And, he, and they stuck him forward the whole match, um, which, you know, I thought, you know, playing his 200 game... Uh, you know, if we were if we we're looking a bit top heavy up forward, uh, to try something different, but they decided to to go that way most of the game, and um, you know, he had a couple of opportunities, but just couldn't kick straight on the night. And um, yeah, how did you see his game, mate? Yeah, yeah, didn't have a have a great match, and I agree with you, James. And it's good to see that you know the Essendon Football Club's come out and said uh, Fox Footy, you know, you need to do better to celebrate a 200-game warrior. Uh, you had, obviously, Tom Bellchambers come out and basically rinse, um, you know, Jordan Lewis, Jonathan Brown, you know. Oh, yeah, all-class Fox footy. Jonathan Brown and Jordan Lewis take a bow. 
celebrating someone who's taken, who's been a loyal stalwart of the Essendon Football Club for 13 years, and you produce that SHIT. So, um, you know, it was a really a bad look. And, uh, I don't know if they reckon it's just a bit of a boys' club and you can have a laugh and, and stuff like that. But, you know, this bloke's played 200 games and he's been an absolute champion, been an all-Australian player. So... Um, you know, when you when you look at that resume, there's not too much to laugh about. Um, and geez, you know, it's, it's not the kind of moment you you bring up uh, stuff like that. So uh, that's disappointing. But you know, we, I suppose we've we've seen the um, the class or their lack of from the Fox Footy commentators over the years. Um, so yeah, not worried about Hooker. As you say, you know, things weren't working for us down forward. Disappointing. They didn't sort of go, okay, well, that's not working. Let's swing him back, see if we can get him more involved in the game. Um, but, you know, obviously not worried about Hooker. He's an absolute gun. Yeah, he is. Um, next player was uh, Zach Thatcher, and I thought he was really good on the night. I, you know, he had to stand up, and I thought he did a really good game. Um, you know, he contested well, and... Uh, when he did get the ball, he, he generally made the right decision. Yeah, he did. Um, I, I quite liked it. There was a couple of really good bits of play where, um, you know, he, his, his second and third efforts uh, really shone through. So there was one on the wing there where he sort of contested the ball. Uh, it came to ground and, and then he sort of almost did a bit of a basketball bounce and uh, and picked it up and then delivered it uh, forward for us, uh, which was really good. Um, there was some, I suppose, that that comical bit of play where, you know, he's running back with the flight of the ball, uh, actually punched the ball, didn't, well, it didn't appear to make contact uh, with, I think it was Oscar Allen in the forward line there, and actually marked the footy. Uh, but unfortunately, the, the umpire said, nope, front on contact, and uh, and paid the the free to Allen, uh, which is unfortunate. But like I, I thought he um, showed uh, like a, a really improved... Uh, level of game sense and that sort of game awareness. Uh, only the seven disposals, but you know, plenty of punches and stuff that don't show up in a stat sheet. Uh, had a tackle, so he's throwing himself around a bit. Uh, so I, I think it was a, a really promising performance for him. Yeah, it was, and uh, yeah, he, he's had to fast track his development at times, uh, playing on the big key position players. But yeah, I think he's definitely got a future, and uh, I hope that's at the Bombers. The next player was Matt Guelphy. Uh How did you see his game, mate? Ah, uh, to be honest, mate, I didn't see much of him. Uh, there were a couple of touches here and there, but um, you know, if I'm completely blunt, uh, I didn't really see much of him. Uh, I mean, if I look at the stat sheet, uh, twelve disposals, and he had five marks and had a goal assist. Um, I thought he's he's kicking. It was generally always that long bomb. Uh, down the ground to a contest and and that's where uh, the Eagles were sort of chopping us up so they weren't really that, uh, didn't have that much of an impact on the game um, but yeah how did you see it? Yeah, you just didn't see much of him as you said and uh, a lot of the times he, he's a release player like in terms of he, he releases the ball to another one um, but I think that you know he's he's a competitor. There's no no doubt about that. He definitely uh, is a the old fashioned trier, and uh, he's got a bit of utility in him. He, like he can play pretty much, uh, you know, across the wings or 
um, on the halfback flank and so forth. But yeah, I just think yeah he didn't we didn't see the best of his skills on the night. Um, and yeah, he's just a player that uh, I think has definitely got a future with the Bombers. Um, but I don't know if he's always going to be best twenty-two. Um, I think he's always going to be you know trying to get hold his spot in the side. And that's good in a way because you want your side to make you work hard to keep your spot. And, um, yeah, let's hope for him that he improves with the years to come. Uh, how did you find uh, Dylan Clark's game, eh? Um, look, I guess uh, for mine, early in the match, obviously we were playing in that sort of forward or half-forward role where he's really in a bit of no-man's land, so you didn't see much of him. Uh, I sort of saw that he was a bit of a beneficiary of uh, McGrath going down because we did seem to sort of throw him more into the... Um, a little bit in the midfield, but more around the stoppages where I think he was actually show, able to show some of his his craft. Um, and he did some good things, So, like he, whether it was his pressure, so that bit of play I sort of spoke about earlier at the half-back where he sort of really got in the face of the Eagles players. Um Actually had a, a couple of um, good kicks uh, you know, to uh, around the ground, which was um, good to see. But um, I guess from his limited opportunity around the stoppages, you know, he was able to get twelve disposals, um, took three marks, and had a couple of clearances. Um, so while not a huge game, I think uh, in the context of where we're playing him. Um, I, th- I thought he was uh, fairly solid, actually. Um, um, what did you reckon? Yeah, I just still think that if he's in the side, he has to be given some midfield minutes because uh, predominantly he's a, an accumulator of the footy. Um, you know, last year he became a tagger, but if you see his uh, VFL footy, he's a bloke who can generally rack up 23 to 30 possessions a game, um, you know, winning his own ball. Uh, I know his kicking's always got that knock, um, and that probably hurts his chances, you know, um, getting those midfield minutes. But, yeah, I just think with Dylan, I'd like to see him get a little bit more opportunity just to see what he can produce uh, and let him win his own ball because I think he could definitely dish it out to our runners in Shield and Merritt and uh, McGrath when he's up and going. So, yeah, I think... Dylan Clark, they're still finding a role for him. Um, he has been playing like a bit of a half-forward flank, uh, forward pocket. In the last couple of weeks, he's kicked a couple of goals. Um, yeah, we kicked two goals the week before against Hawthorne and uh, got his first goal against Richmond. So, um, But I don't think Essendon's going to be successful relying on Dylan Clark to be a goal kicker week in, week out. So I think for him, he needs to... Um, he needs to be given an opportunity, and let's see what the boy's got. You know, that's why I feel with him anyway that he could, um, you know, it could be a bit of a steal if you put him into the midfield and just see what he can produce, uh, winning his own ball. The next player was uh, Sammy Draper, and again he didn't get a lot of the footy. Uh, we talked about that a uh, bit of a showdown with Nick Nat. Uh, he's a very physical player. I like I like the way he plays. Uh, just he, he just has to make himself uh, a bit more, um, you know, a bit more useful uh, when we've got the ball. I think you know if he, if he can start clunking some marks and you know uh, I think you know we're still to see his great benefits, but we've got to understand that this is his first 
you know, year in the senior side. So, and it's been a makeshift year at that. So, uh, not the easiest circumstances. Plus, he's coming back from an ACL. So, uh, all things considered, uh, he's definitely going to be our number one ruckman for the future. Uh, and I think, you know, this year should be all about, you know, getting as much knowledge into him about how he can make, make himself even more, um, you know, an asset. For the Absolutely. Uh, like, if I'm honest with you, mate, I, I thought he actually played a decent game. Uh, you know, obviously outclassed by Nick Nat in the middle there, but uh, that's as a result of experience and uh, uh, and time in the game. And as you say, he's coming back from an ACL. He's it's his first time um, like this year in the squad, so he's still got to uh, you know work through all those kinks. But his competitive spirit's there, so. I was really happy with him. Um, just his aggression uh, around the contest was was great because you know while he only got the the four disposals, he laid four tackles and they were big tackles, mate. Um, and you know he actually got seventeen taps, um, you know while in the ruck. So it's not like Nick Nat, Nick Nat had it all his own way. Like certainly he did hold hold sway and the vast majority of the influence in that uh, sort of ruck contest. But you know. I thought Draper held his own for the, for the young ruckman that he is. Um, so there's a there's a lot of promise for Sammy Draper. We've seen in previous games uh, he does have a really good marking ability. So it's all about positioning himself uh, to sort of use that to best effect around the ground. Uh, he'll get there. I've got no no doubts. Um, so yeah, I was I was pretty happy with his efforts. Yeah, no, he he definitely um, was up against the against Nick Nat, but. Uh... I like the way that he's so aggressive and uh, nothing seems to phase him. So I think that's going to be you know, great to watch as the seasons go by. Uh, the next player was Will Snelling. And I thought early he got a lot of the ball, didn't he? Yeah, he did, mate. Um, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, look, I suppose he, he got, he's got smashed a few times um, around the ball and he's, he's a tough little nugget. But, um, yeah, in terms of his uh, performance on the night, so, yeah, he had the 14 disposals, uh, you know, three marks, five tackles, uh, which was good to see, uh, and two clearances. So he tried his heart out um, and, uh, you know, did try to get the ball going forward for us, uh, I suppose, with that little nuggety frame of his. Um, but, you know, like uh, the rest of the bombers, just a story of missed opportunities. There were a couple of fluffed Fluff kicks um, and handballs from him, um, but you know he, he shouldered a, a big workload this year. But um, no, I thought it was a solid game from him. Yeah, I've been uh, surprised. The the club must rate him extremely highly. He's really been a constant in the side, so they must see something in him that gives him a lot of strength and uh, you know gives him a lot of hope that he can be the player that um, is going to be a, a regular senior player for the years ahead because um, you wouldn't be giving all these minutes to him um, if you thought that, you know, he wasn't going to make it. So he's obviously part of our future plan, uh, plans. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, Adam Saad, he worked incredibly hard on the night. Thought he was good, mate. Yeah, he was, mate. I had the 21 disposals and 14 of those were, were kicks. And we know just um, how good a kick is the footy. Uh, had three marks, uh, made a tackle, 376 metres gained. Uh, but it's all the things that aren't recorded in a stat sheet. Um, 
you know, the bumps here and there, the the punch out of a contest. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a really solid game from from Sadi. He he just continues to to harass and um, and you know pressure all night. Um, so yeah, I thought it was a, a good game from Saad. Maybe yourself. Yeah, with Adam Saad, you almost wish there was two of him, don't you? Um, one to lock down and one to use his run. And I guess that's where we're missing Connor McKenna in my way, is that you know one could do a lockdown and the other one could be an offensive threat. And when there wasn't a need for a lockdown, then you had both of them. But uh, this year, um, we've seen them wanting to do both roles and it's been hard. Yeah, it has, mate. And uh, yeah, I reckon he definitely is missing his mate off the halfback there. Um, it is interesting to see that yeah, McKenna's not on the injury, injury list, uh, but wasn't named to play. Um, so not sure whether he's uh, sort of still recovering in some way or whether his uh, uh, reports are true that he he's uh, you know not happy and wants to return home to Ireland. So um, be interesting to see uh, what the fallout is there. Um, yeah, but for Sadi, yeah, he's just a, an absolute jet and sign him up, Adrian. Yeah, definitely. Um... AMT, I thought he had his best game, especially in front of goals for the day, uh, for the year, sorry. Uh, he's kicked four, and you know it's been a welcome return to him kicking multiple goals. And uh, he's a great player to watch uh, when he's on, you know, full flight. And yeah, he's he's looking good this year. Um, you know, hopefully he can close out the season with a couple more bags, and you know, get ready for next year. Yeah, it was really good to see him take responsibility and uh, and have those shots for goal. And he kicked him, mate, four straight. Um, so he had the ten disposals in the end, five marks, uh, two hundred and five meters gained. But um, it's just his composure with the footy that um, you know when you you looked at how he was with the ball, just nice and calm, and you really backed him in uh, when you saw him run in, and you know you. I suppose compare that against the rush kicks of, you know, Hooker, Danaher, um, and other guys. That um, yeah, it's a stark difference. So um, yeah, it was just, yeah, good game from Tipper, and uh, yeah, again, I hope for more to come from him. All right, well that's all of them, mate. So um, why don't we have a break and uh, we'll finish up with our uh, match uh, selected side predictions. Uh, for the game against the Cats uh, this Sunday, which will be named on Saturday. Saturday, I think, the side will get named. So that'll be our next show will be Saturday. But let's uh, have a break and we'll come back discussing who could be the inclusions for that game. You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we wrap up the show, we choose or we select the side that we would pick uh, for the game against the Cats. Uh, mate, who do you got coming in and out? Well, obviously out of the side is uh, Andy McGraw with that ankle injury, uh, which is really unfortunate to see. Um, but, you know, that obviously opens up the uh, pathway for us to bring in uh, some young, young blood. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see Ham come into the side. Uh, obviously not like for like, but you know, potentially that gives Heppel uh, a bit of chance in the midfield or a Clark to get in there. 
Uh, but we really need to get some more game time into guys like Ham uh, if we're to go forward. Um, Gleeson, I see coming out of the side, uh, as we sort of spoke about before, he's really a player, just totally devoid of confidence and, um, you know, he's not able to sort of um, be at his best uh, in this condition. Uh, so I'd like to see Redmond come back into the side and hopefully provide that competitive edge um, you know, around the ground and his sort of run and dare that he has shown at times. Uh, and then, you know, I think for, for the Cats... Um, we'd probably rest Stewart, uh, knowing that you know we've got Draper, Danaher, uh, and Hooker as I suppose that spine. Um, you know with Stringer obviously down there in forward line as well. So I think Stewart may be rested uh, for this game um, with Francis to come back into the side, play that sort of that backman role there. Um, but yeah, that's just a three. Three changes for mine. Uh, could you see any more, James? Uh, possibly. It depends where Connor McKenna's at. Um, I think if he's available, yeah, the club would be silly not to play him because I think he's like the missing link that we need uh, to get the ball as quickly as possible out of that back line towards our forward line. Um, so I could see him coming in maybe at the expense of a Dylan Clark. Um but, yeah, there's not many players, um, you know, I guess uh, you wouldn't do it against the Cats, but, yeah, will the club give Harry Jones a game? Like, you know, the, our number one draft pick from last year, you know, he's up-and-coming, um, you know, forward. Uh, basically, full forward, centre forward. He's obviously very undeveloped at the moment. But, um, you know, I'd like to see him get a run, you know, possibly against the Power or, or the Demons, but... Probably the Cats would be the wrong game for, for him to be initiated in. Um, yeah, but that's about it. There's not much to pick from when you think a lot of the players are out injured. And, um, yeah, I, I think yeah the side that you just said, or uh, the changes you made, um, the only other one I could think of is basically Connor McKenna coming in uh, if he's available. Beauty. All right, mate. Well, uh, till next Saturday, uh, or this Saturday, when we uh, we do our next show um, preview against the Cats. Uh, let's just say, go Bombers! Go Dons!